say when I'm not alone. Oh no, what you in so bad. In case you're new to this, this is only the, uh, I think, third release of this uh, Live At You series here. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a little podcast um, to explore my my musician life and also uh, pull back the curtain a little bit on my personal life. And, um, you know, kind of let that inform the songs and, and let that inform the journey. So, uh, you know, hopefully you've, you've dug into my tunes and that's how you found me here. But uh, if not, um, I certainly encourage you to go listen to some tunes. But I think this is going to be a fun little experiment and its own little bit of content and its own little experience. The, uh, the first pub that I ever played is called The Judge's Bench. Is that the first one I ever played? It's the first one I played with any regularity. Um, I think I remember the woman who booked it. Her name was Robin, and she was a kickboxer, and she booked it, and, uh, you know, they paid dirt cheap for their musicians, but I was just, you know, young, you know, probably just just drinking age at that point, um, and looking to play some solo gigs, and she had me come out and play, play about once a month at the judge's bench, so that's really where I cut my teeth in terms of getting confidence with performing and realizing that I could do it. And even though I might be a head case um, about whether or not it was going well, you know, I, I survived it. And then you learn, okay, well, you know, I got home safe from that one. And, you know, everybody's being pretty encouraging. So let's go do it again next month. Um, so Judge's Bench is, is fortunately up at the top of the hill. And I haven't heard anything uh, bad about, you know, too, too much terrible damage up there. But some of the footage I saw of the water just incredibly forcefully rushing down the hill. There was literally a river. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, feel free to go check it out. Um, just Google something about Ellicott City Flood, and I'm sure something will come up. Um, just, just remarkable. Cars were floating down, like parked cars that were along the sides of the street were getting lifted up and pushed away by the water. It was really remarkable, and one of those reminders that Mother Nature is just a bitch sometimes. Um, she is going to have her way with us. Now, which brings me to, I live in the desert now, and if infrastructure should, for whatever reason, collapse around me, I would be fucked, like, royally, royally. Like, yeah, I don't have any water, for, for starters. No potable water. I mean, maybe I could hack into a cactus somewhere and <laughs> suck on a succulent. I, I really don't know. I should probably read or watch some something about surviving in the desert. But uh, no, for real, like, I, I, we, we, I would be in such worse shape here than back in Maryland. Maryland, I'd like to think that I'm handy enough that I could survive at least a little while uh, in the apocalypse. But out here in the desert, man, like, I would have to rely on the kindness of strangers just to get a, enough water to survive, which is pretty scary. So I'm not going to talk about that anymore right now. Um, the incredible footage of, um, and I think this went pretty viral, this human chain of, of people, you know, there was one person was standing in a storefront um, that was sort of, you know, out of the water, a little bit sheltered, and then, you know, he grabs his friend, and she grabs her friend, and, um, you know, and then they grab this other guy and, and help pull a woman out of a car that was floating down the river. 
um, this terrified woman was just panicking and didn't know what to do, and they, they got her out of the car. Presumably that was the safer thing to do. Um, you know, I can't, I can't even imagine the sort of panic um, that must have, must have overcome her. Oh, and the family's home. <laughs> they just got home. So that was uh, the Ellicott City flood thing, and I am only about uh, like halfway through talking about what I think I'm going to talk about with that. Hey, hey, Emma, come here. Where are you? Emma, come here. Hey, Bryn. Come here. Say hello. Say, In the microphone. Yeah, you can just say it right there. You don't have to say it close. I was uh, recording for, uh, oh, nice. I, I had a couple minutes before you guys got here. So, uh, yeah, say, say, say hello. Hello. Say happy August. Happy August. I was talking it's about. It's almost Bryn's birthday. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. How are you guys? Good. Mommy. You think you could help me uh, chisel it's out a couple minutes? Yeah. It's almost Bryn's birth. Yeah. Can I change? Yeah. Hold on just a sec. All right, and I'm back. By the magic of the pause button, we have time traveled into the future together you and I um whoever you may be so I was thinking uh that uh a lot of this social media stuff is to no one in particular and maybe this podcast is to no one in particular and it's a little bit beautiful because you know it's to everybody so so anybody can latch on and it could mean whatever it's going to mean to any single person um, but on the flip side, it's like, it couldn't be further from like a handwritten letter to someone that you have to put their address on it and mail it to them. And, and y your thoughts and your feelings that you put on a page to that person, um, is, is, is driving the intention. So it's kind of weird to stay motivated and, and, and where's your intention when you're sending things out in the universe for no one in particular. One of the really cool tactics that, that my, uh, my, my good buddy Greg's uh, uh, significant other, Adrian, um, clued me into one time was if you replace had to with got to in your thinking and your speaking, what a difference that makes. You know, I had to go to work today. Well, hold on, hold on. Turn that to, into I got to go to work today. And you could incur, uh, interpret that in so many different ways. I got to. Like, I was healthy enough that I could, and, and I got to. I'm fortunate to have the job that I have. Um, even something terrible, like I have to go to the dentist. It's like, hey, I, I got to go to the dentist today. I'm lucky that I can afford it and that there are people out there that devote their lives and to, to understanding how teeth work and how to keep them healthy and how to help you keep them healthy. Um, that example was probably on my mind because my, my gums are a little bit tender these days. I, uh, I gotta make sure I'm flossing. After lunch today, I just went to town with a toothpick on my lower gums, just kind of like, just playfully poking at them. And I, I think that's okay. I think uh, one dentist, uh, dental assistant, who was helping me with a cleaning one time was saying, yeah, you know, your body lets you know if you need to be messing with it. That's because it's, it's inflamed or it's, it's got some gunk up there. So I think it's, it's good to, to poke around. Um, wow, that's disgusting. You guys don't need to be picturing me poking around my gums, probably on the verge of bleeding with a toothpick after lunch. That is absolutely disgusting and, and not the point of this at all. So, um, um, okay. So the flood. Oh, get to and yeah, get to and have to. So 
maybe try that. If you if you find yourself saying, ah, oh, I have to do something, maybe uh, try switching it to get to, and or maybe just don't do it at all <laughs> if you can't find a reason to uh, to be grateful for it. The dog park was fantastic. Oh my gosh, it was so fun watching my dog run around. Um, we found a so we recently moved and found the local dog park and man jack was just hauling around he looked like uh he was raring to go other dogs were friendly other dog owners were friendly really nice facility no problems at all um just super great to watch this guy run free our backyard is a little bit enclosed a little bit small for him to get any good running in so um, Jack is sort of my spirit animal, right? Um, I think men and or boys. I, I was about to call myself a boy. I'm a man. And then I corrected to say I'm a man. I still feel like a boy. A boy and his dog have this bond, you know. And similar to the Golden Compass books and movies where every human is paired with their animal spirit. I feel like Jack is my animal spirit. We get each other. He knows when I'm grumpy. He knows when I'm happy. We celebrate together. He's kind of a little bit grumpy himself if he's in a bad mood, and I can relate to that. But, man, letting him off the leash in that dog park and watching him run, it felt like part of my spirit was free running. Like, every time I take him on a hike, I, I, I'm so tempted to let him off the leash because I'm like, hey, we're out here by ourselves. It's a... It's a, a, you know, inhospitable mountain. He's not going to go off the trail. I did it one time after moving to Arizona, and that was the last time because he hauled ass after, like, a lizard or something down into a valley up the other side of the mountain. He was, like, multiple football fields away and not listening to me. Um, I, I should say that we got him as a one-and-a-half-year-old. We uh, got him from the Baltimore SPCA. Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, and he uh, he's a great dog otherwise, and he's very good at commands in the house, but once he's outside, he's going to follow his nose, and I just have to admit that to myself, and in a, in a weird way, I think that's part of our kindred spirit is that he has to stay on a leash, and in many ways, I feel like I'm, you know, have to stay on a leash too for my own good. Um, <laughs> in regards to family life and, and maintaining a day job and all those sorts of fun things. You know, I think it facilitates... Oh, somebody did well upstairs. Woo! Way to go, guys! <laughs> um, so, yeah, part of me feels like letting him off that leash, even though I knew we were enclosed... We were still enclosed in a fenced-in area, but hey, it was a big field. There were other dogs to sniff butts with, and he was just free and roaming. But you, you know what was cool is we were kind of walking around and, and meeting the other folks, and he would still always come back and check in on us. And I was like, yeah, he knows that we're a family. Like, I don't think he would ever intentionally get lost, but um, I obviously did find him eventually on that, that first hike. Um, where I let him off the leash and he followed that lizard down across the other side of the mountain. I almost chased him at, fir at first. I, I took after him for the first maybe 10, 15 yards, but off trail in the Sonoran Desert is bad news. Like you're gonna get messed up. So I said, I'm not gonna kill myself over this dog. 
Um, I'm going to wait here for him to come back close. He came back close, and he was tired. And, in fact, he had gotten a little thorn in his paw. There's the desert for you, right? It's very prickly. And he ended up getting very tired and out of breath, and he went to, to go find shade. So he, I did have to kind of climb off trail and scamper a little bit up to this rock face that he had found that, that was creating a little bit of shade. And he laid down up there, and I got up there, and I'm huffing and puffing. I'm, I'm mad, uh, you know, but I see that he's hurt, so I help him with his paw. And, uh, and then, you know, obviously snap the leash on him and bring him back down. And that was the last time he was off leash, um, except for this dog park experience. And frankly, I feel like I've been a bad dog owner for not having found this dog park sooner. Um, and maybe that's part of the metaphor too, is like sometimes you forget to even take care of yourself and give yourself those enclosed spaces that are safe, but still a little bit off the leash. Like for me, I, I think gigging is kind of like that. I, I show up to a bar um, or a venue and I've got a job to do and there's no, there's no other responsibilities. I just get to do my thing, play my music, try to share in that experience. And in those moments, you know, um, as much as I cherish being Garrett the father and Garrett the husband, you know, right in those moments, I'm Garrett the musician, informed by being a father and a husband for sure. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a little bit off-leash. It's a little bit off-leash. Or like going to Magna Ball, the fish festival, a couple summers ago. Um, the Magna Ball fish festival last summer was, uh, was a treat, you know. And it's, it's uh, you know, me and my buddies are pretty experienced at hanging out and doing the festival thing. So it was safe. But it was also free, right? It was free to roam. That was like my version of Jack being at the, uh, the dog park. By all means, if you do hear this and you want to engage, feel free. Send me um, your feedback. Send me your questions. It that would be awesome to me to know that this is actually gaining some momentum. Because my wife wanted to wrap up the weekend playing Mario Kart with the family. So that's what we did. And that's what I got to go do. Um, got to go do? No. Got. Get. Not got to go do. I get to go do. So peace, y'all. Take care of each other. Um, was that all the bullet points? Did I stick to... Did I, oh, I didn't even talk about the music strategy stuff. Well, there'll be time for that later. Peace. <laughs>